Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rama.org.au forward slash media. Tonight we're going to focus, we're going to, <clears throat> normally our first Sunday of the month for Sunday evenings would be worship night, but we've switched it around. We're going to start off with prayer. So this is our first Sunday night for 2022 and we're going to pray. And so I am assuming and I am calling everyone that's here a hardcore prayer. You a hardcore prayer? I know we've got some hardcore prayers here. And uh, we're going to be delving in a little bit about prayer and particularly praying for uh, governments and authority, which, you know, some years ago it was very easy to do that. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, this is easy. But now it's like, what is God doing? What is happening in the world? So I want to just go into the scripture a little bit and then we're going to spend some time in prayer. And um, we're going to start off praying for our government and for our leaders but I want to finish the, la- the, you know, say last f- portion of the evening praying about rain. And you think, well, what do we need to pray about rain for? Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit as we go. But it's not just natural rain. It's the rain of the Holy Spirit, an outpouring for an outpouring. So let's start. In, I'm going to pray. And uh, the Lord knows that I need help tonight and we all need help because none of us really know how to pray properly without the Holy Spirit's help. He's a great helper when it comes to prayer. So, Father, we just thank you that uh, when Jesus left the earth, he didn't leave us comfortless and he didn't leave us alone. He didn't leave us with a set of rules to follow. He left us with a living and active, vibrant portion of the Godhead. And that's the Holy Spirit. So we thank you, Holy Spirit, tonight that as we, we don't, we really don't know how to pray. But you come alongside us and you help us and you give us utterance. And we thank you for your word. We ask that you open our eyes that we say may see things a little more clearly from your perspective tonight. That enables us to be more effective prayers and more effective collaborators with you in these days. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Um, I want to start just with a little bit of an overview of, I like to always look at the big picture and then zoom into detail. And so when I look at the big picture of how God has operated in the um, six, almost 6,000 years that um, we have a written account of from God's perspective in the Bible, um, the first 4,000 years, when you look through the Old Testament, um, and a lot of people get, get confused with this, but they see the judgments of God poured out on people. You know, uh, the children of Israel did something stupid and then the ground opens up and they get swallowed up and then fire and brimstone comes down and plague comes down. And I think, wouldn't it be nice if that happened today? I'd say, well, Lord, you know, those people over there smite them with something or hit them with something. God doesn't work that way anymore. He worked that way in the Old Testament, but in our new covenant, which is the age of the church, is also called the age of grace. I'm so thankful that I live in an age of grace where the judgment of God 
on sin was fully satisfied in Jesus and we live, I live in this portion of time where his judgment has been held back. Aren't you thankful for the grace, for the mercy of God? His, his judgment on the earth is held back for a time. And we don't need to go into too much detail because on that, because that's a whole teaching that I know very little about. But I do know that from the time that Jesus came to earth, there was a shift in the way that God delivers justice. Now, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be lovely if the, all the judgment of God was completely removed and we all just live in this wonderful grace and mercy? And it'd be nice if it was just us. But there are people in this earth who are awful, rotten, evil scoundrels. Well, if God's judgment has been held back for a time, well, how do we deal with people who, uh, you know, are road hogs, <laughs> who speed, who kill who bank robbers, how do we deal with people who do the wrong thing in an age when the judgment of God has been held back for a time? Well, it's very clear, very clear. Romans 13 shows us that. And Romans 13, it says, talks about God's ministers. And it says there to be subject to God's ministers, in, in verse 1 it says, For there is no authority except from God. What happened is that God allowed, and in fact the Bible says he set up systems or, or seats of authority on the earth to deal with passing judgment and, just, and justice for us that live here on the earth. I'm so thankful for natural justice you know, if you, get, if you get taken in a swindle or, or get somebody does you wrong, you, can, you have a redress. You can go to court and you can have justice. You can get justice, natural justice. I'm not talking about the judgment of God, the fire and brimstone. I'm talking about someone swindles you. Someone did a, a um, we had a scam on the internet. Well, we went back to our bank and the bank said, yeah, that was a scam. We're going to pay the money back to you. We got it back. I'm thankful for justice. And there are seats of authority that God has put in place in the earth to deal with these very things. Um, and I'm thankful for it. And in, so in Romans 13, it says, in verse 4, it says that he, the, the one who sits in authority, is God's servant to execute his wrath, punishment, vengeance on the wrongdoer. So God is not into sending fire and brimstone on people who do the wrong thing. He's actually set up seats of authority. Now, if you can imagine if, if, if this was a place of authority, we have seats here, vacancies for people to sit in. Now, quite often, the people who sit in those seats are righteous and good. But on occasions, the people that sit in those seats are corrupt, self-seeking and power-hungry. You don't always get good people sitting there, but the actual structure of authority, Romans 13 and, and 1 Peter chapter 2, is very clear, says that those, that structure of authority is God's way of dealing with justice and judgments on the earth. And so there is a separation, you know, we talk about a separation of church and state, there is a required separation 
because government and civil authorities are responsible for administering justice and judgment. The church, however, is responsible for calling for mercy. The Bible says that mercy triumphs over judgment. When the church steps out and tries to be judgmental, it gets exactly what it comes across as, judgmental. And when these seats of authority step over and just be merciful, people get away with a whole lot of things. So there are these seats of authority that God has established. It doesn't always work well for everybody, but it's nonetheless, it's God's plan. And so, um, and I won't read through all of Romans 13, but we know that the people that sit in those seats must sit there and, and um, they've got to get wisdom from somewhere. Now, in Proverbs 8.13, it says that by wisdom, or wisdom speaking says, by me, kings rule. Now, when, it, when someone sits in one of those seats, they're going to have to have some sort of wisdom. Now, when wisdom is dispensed to them that comes from God, they'll operate righteously. But if wisdom... if, if if we don't pray for them and dispense wisdom, they're going to get wisdom from somewhere else. And that, you know, in James it talks about the wisdom that is from beneath. And so our responsibility is that we're to pray. We're to pray. So I want to, um, I want to look in 1 Timothy chapter 2. And you know this scripture really well. I'm sure you do. And I'll read it for you. And 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. And it says, Therefore I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for who? All men. How do you pray for all men and women? It's talking about mankind. How can you possibly pray for all of mankind? It's a pretty big prayer request. But then it goes on to say, for kings and all who are in authority. So what happens is when you pray for the king or for the leader, that leader has, has weight upon a large population. If you pray for the president of the United States, you're actually putting pressure on the whole of the population of the United States. So anyone that sits in a seat of authority has great influence. And this is not just for people in government authority, it's for people in other areas of great influence, even the media, in sports, in entertainment, um, finances, education, all areas there are people who are in leadership and they have influence on the people uh, beneath them. Um, I'll use the example, you know, Mel Gibson with his um, video, the, the Passion of Christ. I mean, I don't know what a, how much of a godly man he is, but someone must have been praying for him because he became a man of great influence and he put out that, that extraordinary account of Jesus. How God can actually get on a person who is in authority and has influence and they can influence a whole big population of people. All right, so therefore, if we're going to pray for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and reverence, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Saviour. And it goes on to say, who wants all men to be saved? Not just for those in authority, he wants 
all men to be saved. So that there is a, there is a, um, a key here. There is a, 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 a strategy here. That when we pray for those who are in authority, the result of our prayers is actually that all men be saved. So it's part of God's strategy for this huge harvest. And we're going to pray about that in a minute. But I want to draw your attention to a portion of this scripture, which I saw very differently from what I had always seen when I started to read it some time ago. It says that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness. Now, there is a certain degree of quiet, peaceable life that we can enjoy when we have someone who is in authority, who is righteous and good. And we in Australia have enjoyed that for many years, for the most part. We've had a pretty good life here in Australia because, you know, our government's generally pretty good. Our legal system is, you know, okay. There's a few glitches along the way, but, you know, life's not been too bad. It's not like some other places on the earth. And I said to the Lord, well, then if, if we, we in Australia must be awesome prayers. <laughs> we must just be, because, you know, have a look at where, look, you know, we just... We've got it. But then what about the prayers who are praying in China or in North Korea or in other places? Are they not praying right? Oh, let me tell you, they're praying. In fact, I think they could probably put us to shame. They said, well, what's with this? And the Lord said to me, where is the source of your peace and quiet life? Is it dependent on government legislation? I said, oh, no, my peace, well, Jesus says, my peace I leave with you, not that the world gives. It's not the peace that the world gives. It's his peace that he gives with us. He gives to us. His peace. And that's a peace that passes all understanding. That's a peace that can have you so in peace with, with you and him that whatever's happening in the, in the world outside your front door is, it doesn't even touch you because you're in such peace. And so the Lord showed me this. He said, when you pray, when you pray from your seat of authority, you can be at peace. You're not praying for God to give you peace. Jesus already said, my peace I leave with you. I've already got peace. Why do I need to pray and ask for peace for myself? Why do I need to say, oh, Lord God, please change the government because my life is no longer peaceful, godly and reverent? No, my life is assured. My peace is assured and it's assured in him. So when I pray for kings and all who are in authority, I'm I'm living in the peace of God. It's the same with your freedom. Where is your freedom found? Galatians, I think, yeah, Galatians 5.1 says it was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm in the liberty that he's given you. What liberty has he given you? You're free you, between you and God. You know, there's a, a, a story, it's not a story, it's an account in the book of Acts where Paul and Silas were in prison and they were bound in chains and the prison doors were shut and an earthquake, and they were singing, they were worshipping God. And then there was an earthquake and the doors flung open and their stocks were, were released. And, you know, and then the prison guard thought, oh dear, they're going to escape. And he went into prison and where were they? They're still sitting in prison. You know why? I thought, the doors are open. Why didn't you run out of here? No, because their liberty was not defined by whether the doors were open or shut. 
Their liberty was found in their worship in praise of God. They were free men. They counted themselves free, whether the doors were shut and their hands were shackled or not. They counted themselves as free. So there's this kind of liberty and freedom and peace that we find in Christ Jesus, which which sets us up to be able to pray far more effectively. It takes the whinge, the whine and the complainer out of your voice. So that, you know, uh, you know, okay, so I've heard people pray, oh, dear God, don't let them cut my Centrelink benefits. <laughs> oh, Lord, if you cut my Centrelink benefits, I'm going to be... Well, that's not what God wants you to be focused on. Your liberty, your prosperity and your abundance is not, de- 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 you know, um, determined by your Centrelink benefits or anything else for that matter. It's because you found a place in Christ Jesus where you are free, where you're at peace and nothing shall by any means disturb you or hurt you. So when we look at 1 Timothy chapter 2 from that respect, it says, Therefore I exhort first of all that prayers, uh, supplications, prayers, intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men. So I'm widening my influence in prayer. So then I pray for kings and all who are in authority And when I pray like that, I can live a peaceful and quiet life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Saviour who wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. There's a beautiful strategy. God sets some things in place and he says, now all I need you to do is to cooperate with me in that. Amen. So um, I want to go to a story that is in um, Exodus chapter 17. And it's an Old Testament story, but it's a very good uh, description of how God works from a seat of authority. Um, You know, there is um, an old Greek philosopher by the name of Archimedes. Has anyone ever heard of Archimedes? He was a, a... a brilliant man, not only just a philosopher, he was a physicist and a whatever else he was. But he discovered the power of the lever. You know what a lever is. And he knew that that power of the lever was so strong, he said, give me a place to stand and I will move the world. Let me think about that. Now, you know, if ever you've moved furniture or anything like that, you've got a big load. You you go far enough away from that load and put your lever and then your fulcrum, which is the little thing that goes under the lever, you put it real close to the load. Put your fulcrum, fulcrum close to the load, but with your lever. If you have a lever that's rigid and strong enough, you can stand right over here and you can shift a huge load because of where you're standing. Now, if that's a really big load and you try to get up there and push it with your might and push it with your hands, I know I've moved furniture this way. It don't work. I don't have enough muscle power. But if I can get leverage, leverage, then I can move a huge load. You know, Jesus gave us a seating in heavenly places that is a little bit above. Is it? Far above. It's far above. In fact, it's further away. It's, it's further away from the load than you, that you could even... Far away. So far away. 
It's not up close to the load. So many people get to the load and the load gets so big in their eyes. They go, how am I going to shift this load? It's huge. It's huge. And you try and push your might into it and push your hands into it and push your shoulder into it. You'll never move it. But if you've got a lever, which is faith, and you've got a fulcrum, which is the word of God. Now, I I love that thing about the fulcrum because when you get the word of God for a situation, you push that word of God right up close to the load and you get your lever, which is faith, and you move as far away as you possibly can. In fact, move so far away that you're seated far above anyone else in heavenly places. And with a flick of a finger, you can move that load. Isn't that wonderful? And you go, this is not just some metaphoric analogy or something like this. This is a real principle that God set in place in the earth to show us how spiritual authority can be exercised from a, from a kingdom physics perspective. So Jesus gave us a seating that's far above and he gave us the lever of faith And he gave us the fulcrum of his word. And when you get the word of God that is specifically targeted to that load and you put it there, leverage by faith, you can do it with your little pinky finger. Or you can do it with one word from your mouth. God operated that way. It's powerful. It's powerful. So I want to go back to that um, account in Exodus chapter 17. And it's when Moses, um, you know, the Amalekites were coming against the children of Israel. So I'll take it from verse 8. Then came Amalek, descendants of Esau, and fought with Israel at Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, choose us out men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So he said to to Joshua, now you choose some men and you go work, you go fight down in the valley, but I know where I'm going to stand. And he took his seating far, and I stand up, I could stand up there, but I'm not going to, far above with the rod of God in his hand. And that rod symbolizes his authority. God gave him authority. And uh, then he said, so Joshua did as Moses said and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron and Hur went up. They went up. When Moses held held up his hand, Israel prevailed. And when he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. Isn't that interesting? The course of the battle was not determined by Joshua and his army, wasn't determined by their military prowess or their skill in battle. It was determined by whether Moses held the rod up or he let the rod down. Which shows me that we have a seat of authority in our nation that is far above this battling with the load face to face. I tell you, there's a lot of loads to be battled and people battle with them face to face. Some people are actually called of God to work in the valley. There are those that need to get in the valley and they need to work. But they are very much dependent on the Moseses, Moseses, Aaron's and hers who stand in their seat of authority and hold that authority up. 
And it says, But Moses' hands were heavy and grew weary. So the other men took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Isn't that wonderful? He sat down on the rock. When you, sit, you know if you're going to sit down, you're going to be there for a little while. I know when I go out and do the gardening, when I get down on my backside and sit on the ground, I'm going to be there for a little while. So he sat down on it. Then Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side and one on the other side, so his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua mowed down and disabled Amalek and his people with the sword. And how did Joshua do that? Not because he was such a good swordsman, but because Moses knew how to sit in his seat of authority and him, Aaron and Hur held up their authority. You know, the same story is, is seen in the book of Esther. You know, Esther was called into the king's palace. God put her there. And, you know, the, the wonderful phrase for such a time as this, she was there. And she basically, she said to her uncle Mordecai, look, I can't do this alone. You better get people to pray for me. Because if you're not praying for me, I'm not going to be able to do it. She needed the prayer. It wasn't good enough just to put her in that place of authority and say, okay, Esther, off you go. We'll catch up with you later. No, she said, no, you've got to get the people and fast and pray. And it's the same with us with our, for, for those who are in authority in our, in our government, in our positions. Some of them we can vote in, we can vote them in. Some of them we don't vote in. But it's irresponsible of us to say, well, go and do, what, do your best for us and we'll see you in another four years when it comes to the end of the election cycle. When those people are in seats of authority, it's so important for us to lift up the rod, our authority in God. You know, there's a scripture that says, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. Well, that has two layers. You know, if you've got righteous government in seats of authority, well, it goes really happy. But when the righteous, when we the righteous, take our seat of authority, we have the greatest influence greater influence even than those that are battling in the valley we have a greater influence so it means that for us to be effective prayers and and not everyone no I won't even say that I believe everyone has the capacity and the potential to pray like this every believer because Jesus purchased for you that seat of authority and, and I believe in these days the Holy Spirit is saying, come on up, come on up higher because there's more for you to see. When you're really close to that load, just imagine you've got a load here, it's all that you see. But the wonderful thing is that when you move further away, further away, that load becomes smaller and smaller and smaller until it's just a little speck in the corner of your eye. And you can flick that load with, a, with, with one word from your mouth. The word of faith can activate and can change situations that if you're up close, they look like huge weighty loads. You know, in our nation today, right here and right now, and I don't want to get into details because that's not where, what we're about, there are some big loads that need to be shifted. And I'm not just talking about in Canberra, all over this nation, there are strongholds, there are situations, there are agendas that most of us really don't know anything about, but God knows. 
and he's given us his word. And if we can stand far enough away and put the word close to it and pray the word, believe it with our, with our heart, confess it with our mouth, the spirit of God says, I've got something to work with. You know, I, I believe that God has a lot to work with in this nation because I hear the sound of prayer rising. And it's not the kind of prayer, oh, dear God, help me. When you pray from that perspective, dear God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? You know where you are? You're sitting right underneath that load. You stand up and take your authority, take your seated seat of authority. You're going to pray with the unction of God, with the mouth of God. And as we hold our authority up, those that are battling down in the valley, the plans of God will prevail. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to pray just for a little while. And the most effective way, I believe, the most effective way to pray, two, two ways. Firstly, pray in tongues. Romans 8 says that we don't know what, what prayer to offer. We've got, you know, I could start off and I could say a few things, but, you know, it falls so short. Yet the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and helps us to sound out the bottomless things of God. Take soundings into eternity, into the, the, the depths of God. And we can sound out his plans and our mind has no understanding of it, but our heart goes, yes, that's the plan of God. So praying in tongues. And the second one is pray the word. The word of God was written for us, not just for our revelation and, and for our enjoyment, but also for us to use as a tool. And so we're going to pray the word. And I've asked a couple of gentlemen to come and help us pray out the word of God for kings and all who are in authority. Okay, shall we do this? Amen. Well, we're going to start off... Father, you gave us the instruction that we are to pray for kings and all who are in authority. And we pray from, from our seating, our place of rest, knowing that you are not concerned. In fact, you said you sit in the heavens and laugh. You are not concerned about what's happening because you've got it all sorted. So we cooperate with you tonight. We cooperate with you tonight in speaking into this earth your plan and your purposes because your desire is that all should be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So let's just pray in the spirit for a little while. And if you're watching online, join us. Don't just observe, join us. Add your faith and it increases the influence and the scope of our prayers. So we thank you, Father. Oh, Father, we thank you. We ask that you give to the king. In fact, we, we ask you give to our prime minister your way of judging, O oh God, and let the spirit of your righteousness be to the king's son. Let him judge and govern your people with righteousness and your poor and afflicted ones with judgment and justice. We thank you, Father. Give your instruction to our Prime Minister. Let him hear from heaven 
Let the wisdom of God be the loudest voice in his ear. The loudest voice in his ear. The wisdom of God that speaks to him in the night seasons. His heart instructs him in the night seasons. You speak to him in the night seasons. You shut out the voice of the enemy, a stranger's voice he does not hear. He hears the voice of the good shepherd and the good shepherd says, this is the way, now walk in it. Walk in this way. I thank you, Father, for boldness upon him. Boldness, not arrogance, but Holy Ghost boldness in humility. The hallmark of the operation of the kingdom is boldness in humility. And we ask for that to be demonstrated through him as he sits in that seat of authority. Thank you, Jesus. O zebrino shunom ladidi di di ombroskiri tarma ezalibinan yo sur menena esharamahan yo rojet ya cristo isolo proji darania kitarides classe no mundo brilhante de cada e grona e grona ingrivi conchuno grista brilhida promo e kan calo blizza pronte pescani japlaranada e romonie nebri berando segrina so e zakaramankento pregani kachalebiera e bronota e bronota yezolohino homhamu grostedinan oh for those in influence you set up and you pull down you're according to your plan. You set them up and you pull them down. We thank you, Lord. We've seen that here in Australia. Things turn, can turn overnight, can turn. We thank you, Lord, that the turnings are of your appointment. Your appointment, your direction, there's turnings, turnings, turnings. Not just for our comfort, not just for our benefit, but for the benefit of the plans of God for this nation. Oh, Lord, you have called this nation. You have set us as a people here on this continent for your purposes. And we thank you today that we honour your purposes here in this nation and we set aside our own desires and our own comforts to look to what you will have, for it is for our benefit, it is for our benefit, but it is primarily for your plan, for you want all to be saved. Hallelujah. So we lift up to you. Right now, our parliament in Canberra, all oh, the deliberations that go on behind closed doors, let the evil deliberations be exposed and let the right deliberations be protected. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Yeah, the voices, the voices that speak. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Yes, Lord, hallelujah. 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 We're going to pray into the activity that's happening in our nation, and part of that, what's going on, is what we prayed about on Thursday. And I want to bring your attention to the book of Acts, chapter 8, and what's been happening in there. So, um, First of all, let's just quickly quickly go over that scripture of our Pastor Tony this morning. He was preaching from Colossians chapter 2. He just touched on that just briefly about how the uh, principalities and rulers and the authorities of their power have been disarmed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They've been stripped. They've been stripped of all of their power. They've been spoiled. And uh, and uh, we just need to uh, just just have a think about that. What are they doing, sitting upon uh, the places of power within our nations if they're being disarmed? Amen. So Acts chapter eight speaks about <clears throat> about persecution that came. Hallelujah! Persecution that came to the church at Jerusalem. It took persecution to break them out of out of their comfort zone. Someone said back in 2020, oh, that's, that's a good thing what's happened because it got us out of the four walls of the church. But um, we read in Acts chapter 8 that great persecution drove the church out. It drove them out, except for the apostles. It says the apostles stayed in Jerusalem under persecution. Nothing phases the apostle. Mm. Nothing phases them. Great persecution, even death, that kind of office doesn't move for anything unless the voice of God tells them to move. So we see, hallelujah, we're going to pray into this. We see how Philip was driven out of Jerusalem and he came into the region of Samaria. And it says that the Lord wrought miracles, signs and wonders at the hands of Philip. And we read up here in Acts chapter 8, verse 5. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. And here all the things that happened for unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out, possessed with many spirits. They all came out, and many were taken with the palsies, and the lame were healed, and there was great joy in the city because of the miraculous power that came into that region. There's great joy that's coming back to Australia tonight. There's great deliverance that's coming back to our great state of Queensland, what's happening across our state. We're going to pray the joy of the Lord back into our, into our nation, into our state. And, um, but something happened. There was a, uh, Philip came up in a bit of opposition. There was a person there that was moving in the spirit of sorcery and bewitchment. And it says that 
it says that, uh, but there was a certain man called Simon, which before, in, before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched how many other people? It says he bewitched the people of Samaria, that whole region. One voice. One voice. Your voice tonight is a lethal weapon in the realm of the spirit. We're all going to walk around and march around and uh, lift our voice as we're going to pray against the spirit of bewitchment and sorcery. The media is a false prophet. False prophets are not just in the church. False prophets are in the world. And we're going to tear down that that spirit of sorcery. People are never our enemies. The, The government is never our enemy. The ministers are, are, are not our enemy, the prime minister, but it's the entities like bewitchment and sorcery that are sitting upon their pyramid on Canberra's parliament building. Hallelujah. And we're going to pull that down tonight as we all pray in the spirit realm. But they gave uh, used sorcery and bewitchment to whom they all gave heed. Listen to this from the least to the greatest. Everyone gave heed to the source, this, this, this voice of bewitchment. It says, everyone, all gave heed, the whole city. Hallelujah. Well, what happened? It wasn't until the apostolic power of God hit that city, when Apostle Peter and, and turned up to that city, that there was great deliverance, great miracle power. Hallelujah. Yeah, Amen. I just feel the glory of God ready to... Amen. So um, we just wanted to share that. Yeah. We just wanted to share those two entities. You know, you know, Daniel took took Daniel twenty one days to fight this prince of Persia that invaded another territory. It was in Babylon, but he was from Persia, and yet he, these entities can cross boundaries and oceans and nations and governments. And, and um, God's going to set our nation free tonight. He's going to set our nation free from bewitchment. And sorcery tonight. That's what's going to happen tonight across our nation of Australia, and we speak that out across our. Uh, we speak that out across Canberra tonight. Yeah, that's what's happening. That's what's happening in the nation. We we're pulling our nation back from the brink, Lord God, of tipping into utter, utter deception and sorcery in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Just everyone stand up. Just everyone stand up. Come on here. Come on here. We're going to just, just, let's just take our seat of authority, what Pastor Jenny was talking about here. Hallelujah. And, um, you know, there are a lot of hurting people tonight. Oh, there's a lot of hurting people across our nation tonight. God wants to bring deliverance. Our fighters against these entities like this these princes that are set up across our nation tonight, but it's time they came down tonight. We're pulling, we're pulling them down and turning Australia around from tipping over the scales into full-on full deception. We're pulling it back now into the plan of God and into the will of God again. That's where Australia is going tonight. It's sliding back into the will of God tonight. Hallelujah. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, our nation, we turn the helm of our nation back, Lord God, to the will of God. Australia is sliding into its destiny of being the great Southland of the Holy Spirit. 
We speak that, Lord God, over our government tonight. We speak it, Lord God, over the atmosphere of Canberra tonight, Lord God, that spirit of bewitchment, that spirit of sorcery. Lord God, we dismantle that spirit right now in the name of Jesus. We dismantle and dispel that prince of Persia, that prince of the Assyrian that crosses borders and oceans, age-old entities. They've been disarmed. Hallelujah. They've been disarmed. What are they doing sitting on top of our parliament? Influencing our leaders. In the name of Jesus, you shall fall and you are dismantled tonight by the power of God and the word of God has come to shed light on you. You have been exposed. You have been named. And in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, you shall fall tonight. In the name of Jesus, our nation is coming back. Our nation is turning. Australia is turning. Our leaders are turning. Our Prime Minister's heart is turning tonight. In the name of Jesus, their spirit is being awakened tonight to the truth. Lord God, power, healing, deliverance in the name of Jesus is coming back to our nation in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you. Yeah, um, some weeks ago, um, we, I, I went to a prayer gathering, uh, very, you know, had a real strong prophetic thing to it. And the Lord said to me that words of prophecy, words of prophecy are a rudder that will move the hand of the tiller man. And I thought, oh, what is that about? And I saw that, and, and as I was praying, I saw this, the nation of Australia as a big ship with a rudder and the, the man who sets the course, the rudder will move the hand of the man. And then as I, I was lifting that to the Lord, I saw multiple rudders coming out underneath. And I saw words of prophecy. And words of prophecy are really declaring the will of the Lord, declaring the plan of the Lord, just like what Vic has just pr uh, prayed. Words of prophecy are rudders that will move the hand of the one who is directing the course of this nation. So we thank you for it. We thank you for it. And every one of us is able to prophesy. Every one of us is able to declare the word of the Lord for this nation from our seat of authority. From our seat. We have to come up to our seat and be at peace understand our freedom, be in joy, and declare the word of the Lord over this nation. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. This is not impossible. In fact, it's, abs it's more than even probable. It is absolutely predetermined. This nation is turning, is turning, is turning. We thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, we hold fast to it. We hold fast to it. We hold fast to it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother Kevin, have you got something to come pray? Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Let's hold your place in the spirit here. Thank you, Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Pastor Jenny was teaching on those uh, places of those seats of authority. 
And I was reminded of uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5 and 6, where the Bible says that the Lord in the greatness of his grace has saved us and made us alive together with him. Then he raised us up together with him, with Christ. And then he seated us together with him in the heavenly place. Hallelujah. Those, those seats, that, that seat that he is seated on is the seat of authority, of great authority, great authority, great power. Hallelujah. And the only reason why he would raise us up together with him and made us to sit together in that seat, just imagine, just imagine someone like the prime minister sharing their seat or sharing their office with you. Well, Christ has raised us up together and seated us together with that place of authority. The only reason why he did that is because he wants to share his authority with you and I. Hallelujah. So when we pray from that place, we are praying with great authority and power. Hallelujah. I want you to see yourself as, as, as a person of great authority and power. Hallelujah. Such is the believer's authority that Christ has given us. Hallelujah. This is a benefit for the New Testament believer. Glory be to God. We can be seated together with him in that position, in that place, in that seat of authority. Hallelujah. Where we can dispense authority. Hallelujah. Over the powers of darkness, over rulers, principalities, powers of darkness. We pull them down because we have been given authority to do so. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and one thing that comes to mind is that um, uh, the, the people out in the world there and even governments have used this COVID situation to, to try to influence, to influence the church, to influence the, 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 the people, is in, influence the population using the COVID situation. So we just take authority of that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Anything that is not of the will of God, it will not prevail. Your word says that it is the plan and the purpose of God that will prevail. Anything that is not of God will not prevail. And so we pull it down with the authority that you have given to us. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Well, if you believe that, you may be seated in your seat of authority. Um, I want to finish up just by praying um, for the rain. Um, you know, I remember um, Pastor Patsy and Tony t spoke to us about how they would pray uh, years ago, they would pray for the rain. And, and I used to think, why would you spend so much time praying for rain? And really, it's not just about rain coming out of the sky. It's about the rain of the Spirit. There's such an important function or important uh, plan that God has in these days for the rain, the rain of his spirit. 
Um, and you know that the natural and the and the spiritual work really close together in the in the arena of rain. Um, a few a couple of months ago, my husband and I were in Alice Springs, and in Alice Springs they don't get rain very much at all. And there's a river that runs through the centre of the city called the Todd River, which is uh, absolutely dry all of the time, except for every now and then when they get rain. And that rain, when we were there, the rain came in such proportions that that river flooded, broke its banks, was flooding up into the streets. Now, the interesting thing about that is what that rain did. There are four rivers that run parallel with the Todd River, uh, Todd River being one of them, three other rivers. Every other river in the nation runs into a larger river or into the ocean. Those four rivers run into the desert. Isn't that interesting? And you know, you know, Billy Brim would always say demons like to inhabit the dry places. Well, I'm telling you what, if you fill the dry places with rain, <laughs> okay. So, the reason I'm saying that is let's hook our faith up, even though in our understanding we may not know and we may not understand. But I know back in those days in the 80s when, when they prayed for rain, what happened was that the Berlin Wall came down, the Iron Curtain came down, Russia opened up, um, Germany was reunited. They prayed for the rain. The rain of the Spirit came down on kings and all in authority, came down on Mikhail Gorbachev, on Margaret Thatcher, on Rod Ronald Reagan. The rain of the Spirit came down on them and they shifted some things which opened up the, the scope for the gospel. That's, which is God's plan. It's God's plan. So Zechariah 10.1 says, Ask of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. The Lord will make flashing clouds. He will give them showers of rain, grass in the field for everyone. He makes his sun shine, rise on the evil and good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. So we thank you, Father, for the rain. We call for the rain. We know that even in the natural, rain doesn't just fall. Rain is drawn down, is drawn down. So we draw down that rain. We call for the rain over this nation. We call for the rain over Australia. We call for the rain into the dry places. We call for the rain into the inhabited places. We call for the rain into the places where no human beings dwell. We call for the rain in the cities. We call for the rain on the farmlands. We call for the rain on the towns and the regional areas. We call for the rain on the islands, on the islands, the Pacific Islands. We call for the rain and we thank you, Lord. It's your good pleasure to give us rain, the former and the latter rain together. Oh, Father, your plan for this nation is greater than our minds can imagine, is greater than our minds can even work out. But we cooperate with you and we thank you, Lord, for the rain. We thank you for the rain. And the Lord says, I will give you rain as it's in its season. The land shall yield its produce and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. We thank you, Father. And in the book of James, so be patient, brethren, as you wait for the coming of the Lord. 
Just as the farmer waits expectantly for the precious harvest from the land, see how he keeps up his vigilant, his patient vigil over it until it receives early and the late rain. So we continue a patient vigil and ask for the rain and ask for the rain and you said it's your good pleasure to give rain, to give rain. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Father, I bring the names of our cabinet ministers before you. Um, you see, to write their names down and bring them before you. Father God, we bring our Prime Minister Scott Morrison before you right now. Uh, your wisdom, your justice, and your influence is going to steer their decisions this week. Yes, it's going to steer Ken Wyatt, Barnaby Joyce, yes, yes. David Littleproud, Paul Fletcher, yes. Bridget McKenzie, yes. Josh Frydenberg, Treasurer, yes. Simon Burning and Finance. The wisdom of God is going to help these ministers this week turn our nation and influence it for the good. In the name of Jesus, Susan Lay, Lord, we bring before you right now Keith Pitt, Maurice Payne, Dan Tehan, Peter Dutton, Melissa Price, Andrew G, Michelia Cash, Greg Hunt, Lord, we bring all of these ministers in their respectable offices to you right now, Lord. There's something about bringing them bringing their names before the courts of heaven, before the parliament of heaven. We bring their names before you, sir. And Anne Rushton, Greg Hunt, Linda Reynolds, Disability Minister, Karen Andrews, Angus Taylor, Stuart Robert, Andrew Touch, and Alex Hawke. We bring these ministers before you in the mighty name of Jesus that you will steer them this week, Lord that your justice will move for them, through them, and upon them this week. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And I believe that as their, vo their names have been called, they're hearing. They're hearing from heaven. The name, their name is being called by God and their ear is inclining. Like Samuel said, who was that? Who was that? Let them hear the voice of God. Let them hear the voice of God. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Don't you love to cooperate with heaven? Oh, it's an exciting, it's an exciting trip. Um, this month, February, we have declared as a, as a fast. And it doesn't mean you have to starve yourself for the whole of February, but just lay down something and replace it with extra time with God. And we have uh, the available for you... Uh, these little brochures, you can download them from our website or you can pick one up here. And for every day of February, we have taken a scripture and put it in there for you to declare, to take it and to chew on that scripture like you were chewing on a piece of meat. That's, what, that's the meat of the word, when you chew on it and chew on it and get as much nutrients from it as you can. So um, if there's prayer for your family, prayer for the church, prayer for your community and prayer for your nation and it'll take you right up to the 28th of February and then you can stop praying. No, you can't. You can't. <laughs> You'll keep praying and keep praying the word and, and keep every time you speak the word, you're speaking prophecy and every time you're speaking prophecy, you are directing this nation, directing the body of Christ and working with the Holy Spirit to see the plans of God fulfilled in your life, in your family, in our church, and in our nation. 
Amen. Amen. Well, Father, we just thank you. Thank you for those that have joined, joined us online. We thank you, Father. We are in one together in unity in the spirit. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at brainer.org.au. 